the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about when it comes to real estate, investing, insurance, retirement, good products, bad products. I wouldn't put an enemy in an annuity. I manage a kid's soccer team and all the dads like huddle together and they robble and they talk about what they do because that's the uncomfortable thing that people do. So we're robbling, right? And one of the dads sells insurance and I'm like, oh, good God. I wonder if he knows who I am. I wonder if he knows that I don't like annuities. And he's like, what do you think about annuities? I can sell you one. I'm like, oh, I do know. How do we get out of this conversation? This is incredibly awkward. I wouldn't, like, there's products that I wouldn't put you in. Are all annuities bad? 99.5% of them are bad. You're darn tootin'. So with that said, You're darn tootin'. they're high fees, high commissions. You don't need them. It's some, it's, it's, it's insurance. It's also an investment. And that's like mixing things that you just don't need. You don't need monsters who are also vampires. You can have one or the other. Like you don't need alien vampires. They could just be aliens. You don't, you, you don't need vampires who are also like, one, oh, two, I, I love the cow. Three, four, five. <laughs> you know what's sad? What a, what a weirdo kid I was. I liked the electric company more than I liked Sesame Street as a kid. And to top that off, because electric company had Spider-Man. Um, but they also, I also like Space 1999. Some people like Star Wars and some people like Star Trek. I was like, screw them both. I like Space 1999. Oh, a little electric company? counterculture before there was counterculture. I'm pretty sure Morgan Freeman was on Electric Company. Like, his career was so bad. He was a regular on basically a Sesame Street knockoff. Speaking about bad careers, let's bring in Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. 13 years running. Good for you. I didn't ask, but thank you for sharing. Um, couple questions for you. What are you seeing right now? I know that you do a lot of mortgages, and I know 2017 has been the year of the disaster, whether it be hurricanes or tornadoes. And you've got friends on the East Coast, so you can kind of deal with the whole hurricane issue vaguely, as the fire issue in Napa, um, the Oakland fires many, many, many years ago. Um, I got to imagine that changes your business pretty dramatically because, you know, supply and demand, if houses are being washed away or flooded or like I saw recently, there's signs in Houston, 40 cents on the dollar. I'll buy your house 40 cents on the dollar. 
I'm like, I'd have a gun. And someone comes knocking on my door, just hopefully they're not Mormons who are trying to spread the word. <laughs> hopefully they are those those predators who are trying to buy your house. For I was going to use that word predators. Yeah. Um, and you're going to find that. I don't think you're going to see it as much here. Um, but yeah, we, we, in, in our industry, we definitely, uh, we get news flashes on from appraisal companies, from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, all the lenders are, um, you know, they, they red flag these areas. So, you know, we get news releases like this. I just happen to have one with me. Um, servicers and authorized are authorized to suspend or reduce homeowners mortgage payments immediately up to 90 days without contact from the homeowner. Um, services must suspend foreclose another legal proceeding. I mean, these are just what they call disaster um, guidelines and they're, they're, they're efforts from lenders and, and servicers to help uh, people who have been affected by a disaster. And, and then we get stuff like appraisal companies will send us a message that says, you know, we we can we'll get back into your neighborhoods when we can. We're getting them right now for the North Bay fires, and those yeah, the North Bay fires brings up a whole slew of issues. Like for instance, if you're retired and living up there, wine country, it's it's good good living. Um, it's got good weather, you know, not cold winters. Fire comes and burns your house down. You're insured. Not the worst thing in the world. Your kids are already off. But how about if you're that family of four where you're a mechanic or you work, uh, I don't even know what real people do for a living anymore. I'm so out of touch. You work at Sears. No, Sears are all shut Just down. Just blue collar. Let's say you're more blue collar and you got a family of four and your apartment burns down. The landlord's going to rebuild for sure. But he's also going to raise rent and you've lost your job because it burned down and you've got a family of four so your kids yeah. have to move school systems and things like that and in, in the real estate disasters differ like golden clay yeah and one of the obvious comparisons that the bay area can make is to the oakland hills fire uh and they, there's you're going to see more and more of these articles coming out as far as comparisons and the rebound you know how long it took and what kind of homes did people build uh one of the um I guess effects of the fire was that in Oakland Hills, people built bigger and better homes. So that if, if that does translate into bigger and better apartments, yeah, you might see rents go up. Um, I think the immediate concern of course, is where people are going to live now. Um, we already have a shortage of housing. We already have a shortage of rental spots, which means real estate prices go up. Real estate price. I was, I, I just made a kind of a, a side comment the other day, just kind of threw it out there. Rents are going to go up around the Bay Area. They could go up because there's more demand all of a sudden. Yep. Um, Short term, maybe a little bit lower in home prices. Long term, higher. I hope that the government agencies get involved, local, city and state uh, and federal, if, if have to be uh, under the FEMA regulations, if there are any on this to keep landlords and, uh, you know, from from what's the right word? From gouging, yeah, gouging, uh, you know, these people who've been affected. And, and I, I know there's a landlord who's going, oh, you know, this place that I haven't rented in years, I can now get top dollar, you know, and he doesn't have to fix it up because now there's a you know, slew of people coming in. What's also door. interesting is we're going to see a, a whole wave of people who are homeowners become renters while their homes get rebuilt. Right. And some will say, you know what, I'm moving out of here. I liked it, but it's California. There's a high cost. This is my exit strategy. I'll build it, I'll rebuild, and then I'll sell it. But also, like, there's going to be a lot of businesses that crop up and a lot of scams that crop up anytime there's a disaster. So be careful of that. Um, you know, right now, what I would like to be in the business of is selling mature trees. 
Not trees that are like little baby trees that take 20 years to grow, but trees that are like yeah. middle of the road that may sprout up sooner than later. Like, because that's a barren wasteland. Yeah, I, you, we're going to rebuild. And it, Which reminds it, me of the Who song, oh, yeah. Teenage Wasteland. <laughs> it's a fire that burns down teenagers. No. <laughs> but yeah, a lot, a, lot, a lot changes. And again, if I'm a senior and suddenly I've gone from living in my home for 40 years to what do you do? Do you put a mobile home on your burnt down property and... And live there while it gets rebuilt. Do you go get a? Do you go to Florida for a couple of years while your home gets rebuilt? Do you manage it from a distance. Lots of questions. Yeah, we're going to start seeing a lot of the stats on what people do in in disasters like this. Three out of four people, seventy five or seventy five percent of people in disasters. Speaking of advanced stats, <laughs> you're on top of your game today. Then thank you. Uh, the other kind of the other thing that's coming up, and we talked about this last night on the show, is insurance. Um, it, it's a great reminder that, uh, and, and we're going to start hearing about obviously people. There's five percent of homeowners don't have homeowners insurance, and then that's crazy. There's a, there's a probably countless amount of people that don't have enough insurance, including things like where what happens if I lose my home? Does my insurance cover you know extended stay and things like that? Tony does mortgages. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at a local event. Find out more at Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show, and hit events. And you can get in free for Radio 25 is the code Radio 25. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. AM 1220 KDOW. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Old time hockey. Like it is short. Yeah. Your San Jose Barracuda Hockey Updates. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. The NHL National Hockey League season is underway. The Sharks are three games in, and they've already brought up a player from their AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. The Sharks are looking a little thin at defense. They pulled up a... A young man from the AHL, which is, I think, every AHL player's dream come true. I love hockey. It's a great sport. I love professional hockey on the NHL level. I like the AHL level, which is professional hockey, but just one league below. But, man, there is not a lot of difference between the players. Super excited right now to be speaking with a Barracuda. Adam Haluka, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. You got off to a good start with uh, uh, or a good game against Bear, uh, against the Stockton Heat, which I'm always happy to anytime the any San Jose franchise beat the Heat or beat Stockton. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was good to get that first win under the belt for the for our team. Yeah, season just started. You got a goal and an assist. You got six shots on goal. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, give us a little bit of your thoughts, Adam, about the season as it's beginning for what we could expect out of the Barracuda having gone so far in the playoffs last year? Well, we have, uh, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of the same guys we did last year back, but at the same time, we have a lot of new faces. So I think it's, it's, it's big on the leadership group to uh, kind of implement what, how we play and, and what we do and our systems and stuff like that and teach that to the young guys nice and early in the season. 
I was reading a little of your bio last night, and there's not a lot on you. Uh, but you were once brought into a team to basically be that leadership going into the playoffs. Are you taking on that same leadership role with the Barracuda? Yeah, I'm really trying and doing my best, doing the best I can there. I'm trying to be a leader. There's uh, there's some younger, not just new guys, but they're a bit younger this year. So I'm really trying to uh, to help them out. I've been in their shoes and I know what it's like. So I'm doing my best. I've followed hockey for about 40 years of my life since I was a young child. I had brothers that loved the sport, and uh, we all rallied around uh, AHL hockey. Oddly enough. The Tidewater Tides, which were, uh, I think, uh, like two divisions below for the Detroit Red Wings many, 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 many years ago. So this means nothing to you. But um, I do like the amateur angle. Well, it's not even amateur angle. That's the wrong way of saying it. It's the, the AHL. It's more family-friendly. It's cheaper prices. It's excitement because you're trying to make the NHL. Um, as a left-winger, uh, give us a little bit of background on you because I was having trouble finding a little more information on you. Um, well... I uh, I started playing my minor hockey in uh, in Burnaby, the Burnaby Winter Club. Cool. And I uh, I kind I switched back and forth between the North Shore Winter Club and the Burnaby Winter Club, and my made my way up to play midgets in Vancouver. And when I was 17 years old, playing midget in the Max tournament at Christmas time one year, the Spokane Chiefs listed me. I never got drafted in the Bantam draft. I, uh, I got listed there and then walked on to the team as that same year as a 17-year-old, and I stuck, and I played three seasons in uh, Spokane, and then I got drafted in the fourth round to the Sharks, and then I, uh, I got traded at my 20-year-old year. My last year junior, I got traded at the deadline, and I went to Red Deer to play in the Memorial Cup, and that was a great experience, and I guess now I'm here. Yeah, so a lot of what you talked about was hockey has got all these like leagues, and to win a trophy at any of the leagues is considered a, a prestigious ac- accomplishment. But now you got to move on to the NHL at some point in time and get that Stanley Cup to to add to your probably last big trophy per se. Uh, but you do have the experience. Your next big game, it looks like it's coming up tonight against the Grand Rapids uh, Griffins, which is uh, a team you're familiar with. Um, it's at home. Tickets are available. Nothing better, in my opinion, than live hockey. Much better sport in live. It's pretty good on TV, but much better sport live. Uh, what, what can we look forward to tonight against Grand Rapids? Uh, well, it's going to be a very competitive game. Obviously, they uh, they knocked the soda playoffs last year and won the Western Conference. and Still a bit of a bitter taste in our mouths, but um, like I said, it's going to be competitive. We really want to kind of get back at these guys and beat them and just kind of bragging rights or whatever you want to call it. So it's going to be uh, a physical and fast game. I like the roster this year. It feels like the roster got younger with the Barracuda, which I think is super important in sports because the game seems to get faster, whether it's basketball or football or Hockey, uh, you got a great uh, set of players. I'm excited about Marcus Sorensen. What's he like in the in the locker room to hang out with? Uh, he's uh, he's a great 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 teammate, great guy off the ice, great guy on the ice. He's uh, likes to have fun and goof around a bit, but he's very competitive and and he works really hard and he's smart. He's uh, he's a good teammate. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Again, I'm looking at the roster right now, and Danny O'Regan I talked to last year, Machinator. He's a big boy. Um, obviously, you bring a lot of excitement to the team. Uh, great goaltending. you got a pretty good all-around team. Um, uh, as far as your coach goes, uh, how, you're, how are you liking working with uh, Roy Sommer and the legend that is an AHL uh, winningest coach of all time? 
Yeah, I'm always just trying to listen and learn with uh, with him and all of our coaching staff and player development coaches. There's a lot of they've been around the game for a long time. They have a lot of knowledge about the game, and I'm always just trying to listen when he's talking and he's teaching. I'm just trying to be like a sponge, I guess, and pick everything up that he's uh, trying to teach. Tomorrow you've got a home game, so you got back-to-back games uh, against the San Antonio Rampage tomorrow at one fifteen. That's a fun daytime tilt because you get to go to a game with kids. There's not a lot of alcohol, a little bit, but not as much during the daytime, and it's a, a more enjoyable family experience. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Because I'm a father. I'm assuming you may not be. Do you know what I mean by how the AHL is so family-friendly? Of course, they they always the Barracuda do a great job on having family packages where you can get four tickets, four hot dogs, and four pops, whatever it may be. Right. Um, I think yeah, there's not as many fans. It may be a bit quieter, but I still think it's great hockey. And then, like you said, it's great for families to come and kind of be a bit more relaxed and watch some hockey. It's not as many fans per se, but that's quite okay because you get to see the stars of tomorrow. You get to see them when they're young. You can still get autographs pretty easily. Um, plus, you get you know family-friendly prices. You get easier parking, easier in, easier out. And when you have kids, it's, it's, I think it's the best sport for kids uh, possible because it's super exciting. And like you said, the uh, Barracuda and the Sharks do a nice job of, of marketing towards families because they're the future fans. Can I ask the question, what's your personal opinion on the outside of the whole National Hockey League, of uh, the whole NFL craziness that's going on with the flag? Have coaches, has management said anything to you guys? Are you, are you getting guidelines? Are you going off personal feelings? Um, we, we actually, the coaches haven't mentioned anything about it. Um, me personally, I, think, I respect whatever like, people want to do. They have their feelings and their opinions on things. Uh, I'd support whatever or whoever, with the, however they want to go gotcha. about it, or whatever they want to do, whether they want to kneel during the anthem or not. Um, I'm not going to go out of my way to kind of comment or do do any of that. But like I said, I'll support any of my teammates who would want to take part in that. Adam, thanks for showing up and thanks for having an opinion and have a great season. Stay healthy. Get a call up to the Sharks. I can tell everyone that I know that I talked to you when. Excited for the Barracuda. Great uh, team to have on radio here. Nick Dolenberger does the calls on every game. You can find him here on KDOW AM 1220. You can find Adam at the rink. Go see a SJ Barracuda, sjbarracuda.com to get tickets. Family affordable. Great time, great entertainment. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. You and I have a history of being friends. You're someone I trust. I heard some negative feedback about me, like, Rob only has Tony on his show talking mortgages. He's the only person I trust. I think there's a lot of slick people in the industry that kind of show up, get your information, go home, show up to the next person, get your information, go home, and kind of like just treat you as kind of a part of a process. And you actually get to know the person, their kind of situation, and their uh, what they need, what they don't need, and you kind of give them options. For instance, we had a caller earlier 
who said he's got a 15-year mortgage. I'm like, ooh, he's only 42. He's going to pay that off well before retirement, which may be a good thing, maybe a bad thing. It was a good thing in the end because he's got plenty of save for retirement. And that's what a good mortgage lender will do is that they'll start kind of like taking in all the details. Um, at this point in time, I'm closer to 50 than I am to 40. Um, so I don't have time for a 30-year mortgage unless I take the opinion that I don't actually actually ever have to pay it off. I can get insurance to do it. I can get wealth to do it. I can transfer it to a kid. There's there's other options out there per se. Yeah, and then there's fewer options that, than there were back in 2007 when they took away a lot of the products. The the, the good thing is, is that the the right products are still around. The, you know, the 30 year fixed, the, the you know the 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 arms interest only is gone. The negam loans are gone. The teaser loans, the stated income loans, those are gone for the most part, and we're left with with good products. Yet there are still some options. Um, you know, for somebody that for the caller, he's forty two. He has a fifteen year loan. At some point, you have to go. Okay, do I want? Am I able to do fund my retirement and do this fifteen year mortgage? If he can, great. I think that's fantastic. He's paying less on his fifteen year than he is on that uh, than it would be if it was a thirty year, and he's able to, you know, have that nice. Payment, that payment's gone going into retirement. A lot of people can't do that. Uh, you know, I was reading a, some stats yesterday about how long people work. I think it's sixty six is the average right now, uh, and a lot of people don't want to have to do that. And you know, having no mortgage payment, um, maybe something you work for during you know your your productive years, so to speak. Um, I mean, it, it makes sense to start thinking about that. There's going to be a break-even period where you're like, "Am I going? Do I want a 30-year mortgage? Do I want to pay it off before I go to retirement?" I've gone through those scenarios in my head over and over and over and over and over. Should I have sold a rental property and put the money in the stock market? Should that be my emergency fund? Should I pay it off with the cash I have so I can have income? These are the things that we we go over all the time with every client, and hopefully they've been advised by either at least by their CPA, but hopefully their financial planner. So kind of a stupid question for you in the world of mortgages. I'm sure you see real estate slightly differently than the average person does. Um, gentrification. Um, Hell's Kitchen in New York City once was a tough neighborhood where you had to have a motorcycle and just you'd get beat up many, many, many years ago. They had rats the size of cats. Um, and then maybe one coffee shop opens up. And then maybe one... Uh, health food store opens up and it starts becoming instead of like a Latin influence or a tough influence or a, a low income inside of a city that's incredibly expensive influence, it starts to open up. Have you seen any of that in the Bay Area in your Absolute, tenure here? Absolutely. Uh, if you would ask me this question four years ago, five years ago, I would have said, and I did say that I, and I, it was a question I was asking realtors as well. Are people taking, are making sacrifices by buying houses in neighborhoods that we don't know if they're going to make transitions? Ask me that question today, and I'm going to say, darn toot and yes. Uh, these, these, a, a lot of neighborhoods that have been suffering for many, many years are, are being revitalized. Uh, we're seeing this across the whole Bay Area. Um, and it's not just the new projects coming in saying, okay, we're going to tear this whole, you know, take this empty lot and build a project. Mm-hmm. It's the homeowners that are selling or, or getting the, the equities going up. We have, and it's right. It's that one person that sells a house at a good price. And then the next one can, that becomes a comp and the next one can sell and so on. And, and it's raising home values is getting people ability to get equity lines and fix up their homes. Yes. It's all working. So I live in a city called San Carlos, which I'm not seeing gentrification, but at one point in time, it was kind of a little more blue collar that kind of serviced Palo Alto and serviced San Francisco with service employees. 
and not necessarily the lawyers and not necessarily the tech investors. Um, but it's kind of starting to change now. They're setting up um, single, not single family homes, um, affordable homes, i.e. apartments uh, on top of stores, which is basically bringing in tech workers because they're still single, they're still young, they're still under 30, they're engineers. So it too is not gentrifying, but it is changing. And the word gentrification is termed from a coin by the British sociologist Ruth Glass in 1960s about the return of the middle class to London centers of the city, um, which is pretty interesting stuff. But I'm not seeing a return. I'm seeing a, a move younger with mm-hmm. wealthier, inco- more disposable incomes, and I hate it. So I can see how someone who is embedded in a, a, society, a community like uh, old school Oakland versus new school Oakland an old school Santa Cruz versus a new school Santa Cruz, um, where it, it, you kind of fight the power or fight the change. And uh, from a, a lender standpoint, is it easier to get a loan done now in Oakland now that the average income is higher uh, than it was in the property values? I'm guessing higher and the property tax is higher or you don't even see that. Well, I think affordability is always going to be case by case. Um, I, I have this saying that everybody okay. call it. Wait, wait, do you think banks want to lend a little bit more into a new Oakland. It's illegal. Okay. No. So I'm going to say no. Okay. Do you stand or do you kneel before you do a mortgage? (laughs) But no, I'm asking a tough question. You're right. It's illegal. I stand. Okay. Okay. I stand. Okay. So, but I also respect the, you know, people's people's Trump Trump approves. Yeah. Thank thank you, Mr. Trump. We're moving things along. We're moving up along fast. I know what's good and bad. (laughs) I won. I won. Okay, so you're saying the whole, the whole change in the communities has no banks don't you really don't think they care? Well, you know, of course they care. Okay, okay. The, you know, the way that a, a bank would a bank rather do a loan. You have to remember, it's not a bank. Banks are monitored. Okay, okay by many different agencies and, and, you know, there's things called redlining and, and you can go on and on and on and, you know, Humda and, and things like that. But banks are regulated. They're, they're going to follow whatever guidelines they get from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA, USDA, and then the portfolio loans and so on. They're going to follow these guidelines. Uh, and it, and it is pretty, pretty mechanical with what they go through. Does the property comp out? Are there like comparable properties that that match this property? And 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 then what's the value of these sales? They use what they call a sales approach. So if there's that's where we go back to. If this house sells for this much, it becomes a comp. And then if somebody asks over, um, I mean, we just saw an offer get uh, uh, one of our clients had they're offered rejected because somebody offered 10% over and that becomes another comp and that becomes, so it's kind of a snowball effect in some respects. So they're going to go off of those numbers as long as the prop and the next kind of mechanical thing that they do is, is does the property is the property in good condition and, and is it permitted? And then they go off of all of these things and, and where you get the kind of gentrification when it comes to housing, you also have a lot of investors coming in. We, we work with a lot of investors that are, that are dumping a lot of cash and into the revitalization of, a lot of neighborhoods and, and, and you've seen them, you go down these neighborhoods and you're like, Oh, I've seen, you know, uh, a new shop has popped up because right down the road, there's five new homes that, that have been built. Um, I heard a really interesting strategy for investors, uh, strategy, strategy where, you know, it costs about 20 to $25,000 to get plans drawn up by an architect. Uh-huh. Um, so if you like a house, go down the, down the neighborhood to look at some of the new houses and find out who that architect was. And you can actually pay that architect a lot less and just because it's copyrighted by that, that architect. And you can say, yeah, here's $7,000. 
can you walk this down and just change the address to my lot that I just bought? And you can save some money there. So there's there's a lot of really interesting things that investors are doing to help revitalize the you know these these types of communities all around the Bay Area and, and California and the United States. And it's it's working, working. But but to answer your first question, it does come down to affordability as far as the way that that communities are gentrified and. Um, you know, when when you have the lack of inventory that we have right now, it's going to speed up that process. Uh, and we're seeing it. Oakland was is the obvious choice because you've seen the numbers double digits year over year as for, uh, home appreciation. And there's either second, third or fourth in the nation as far as year over year appreciation and rents. See, there's gentrification. There's extreme gentrification. And in San Francisco, which is the first area <clears throat> that I saw it. On the West Coast. I saw it on the East Coast a lot, like I said, in New York City. New York City used to be a tough, high-crime-ridden city that Batman had to patrol to protect the citizens. But San Francisco, you kind of started seeing it with the, the Castro, and you started seeing it with, with some of the lower-income areas. Um, inside the city, there was low-income areas. And it's tough to imagine in this day and age, but, you know, it, that's the way it was. Um, and you started seeing landlords slowly getting rents higher and gentrifying and yeah, extreme because of the high rent, the, 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 clash, rent the, the clashing, nation. you oh, yeah. are going to see the clashing. There's no doubt about it. So New York's Greenwich Village, San Francisco obviously has uh, some areas, but like New York, you know, once booming bleaker streets become so astronomical that the money starts to spread New out. New York City. That's right. <laughs> New York City. Um, so, and then you get like the in-betweens where we had a caller earlier from Michigan where he's like, yeah, my real estate's, you know, done well, but it's Michigan real estate. It's not New York. It's not uh, Washington, D.C., Boston, L.A., San Francisco, or Chicago, where 10% moves is like a, a whole year of income for uh, the rest of America per se. Uh, but you're seeing nothing right, as far and again, you know, when Amazon chooses a city, if Amazon chooses a city, put their new headquarters like Charlotte. They've not seen anything like that high tech company before, um, and it will ch- it'll gentrify on a different level where it may be like old Southern money. It may become suddenly old Southern tech money kind do, of thing. Do you read about the? I can't remember the name of the town in South Carolina that is so, such a quaint little town that so many visitors were coming to town. They were actually trying to turn people away because they were driving up rents. They were driving up home, um, prices of food. And, and the locals are like, this is happening in Reno right now. The locals are like, what the heck is going on? It can happen really fast. And Amazon's going to do it in, in some city in the United States. And it's going to change everything. Awesome. It's Tony Mendez. You can find him at com. It's com. He doesn't see color or income when it comes. Well, he does see income when it comes to doing mortgages. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I've got tickets. You want tickets, freebies? I've got tickets last day for freebies. Winner, 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 winner. Come on down. You're the next competitor on the prize is right. Not quite, but you've won a pair of tickets to see Andre Rue. If you call 800-516-1220, it's 800-516-1220. See Andre Rue and the Johann Strauss Orchestra Tuesday, October 24th at the SAP Center at San Jose. I kind of want to be the... I want to be what Tinder is to hookups. I want to be to financial hookups. This is your chance 
to swipe right, get a pair of tickets to the October 24th concert, SAP Center, act like a big shot, take a honey, take a, well, I guess a honey could be a male or female, that's no problem, right? Andre Ruin, one of the biggest solo male touring artists in the world, is bringing his tour that decks more than 600,000 fans and outsells Coldplay, ACDC, and Bruce Springsteen. Uh, tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com. It's Ticketmaster.com. It is an evening performance. It's top-notch. You'll like it. Tuesday, October 24th, SAP Center. Um, I got a pair of tickets, and that's it. 800-516-1220. To win. 800-516-1220. To win. And that's all I got. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Mortgages, mortgages, mortgages. Uh, the ability to get mortgages kind of ebbs and flows as far as ease of, of, of timing goes. Right now, it's a little bit more difficult, but it's starting to ease a little bit. So it's a little bit more than just your Social Security number. You know what's kind of interesting? I'm not going to predict this, <laughs> but with the whole Equifax and Wells Fargo scandals in the recent years, I think we're going to see some pretty innovative products come out for mortgages. I don't think it should be Social Security numbers anymore. I think it's going to be bit chain technology. Um, I think there should be more technology. In, there in, is. There is. There is. There, uh, the, one of the largest non-large bank um, lenders, they're what they call a wholesale lender, which works with just brokers, mm-hmm. is, uh, is really adopted some of the new technology. They are screaming. In fact, a lot of the teachers that go around and teach continuing education for real estate use this company as an example of how the mortgage industry is going to change. Uh, they do their own verifications of taxes and, and they're, they're even doing like the insurance. They do the W-2s and, and uh, paychecks and they do all of that stuff internally. So it's, it's cutting back on a lot of, you know, the actual verifications part and paperwork transfers. And so I met a client this morning on the way here and he's like, uh, handing me this paper and he doesn't want to let go. He's like, what are you going to do with this? I'm like, I'm going to scan it. I'm going to shred it. I'm going to put it in my secure computer. And, and, uh, and then it's going to go to the lender. They do what they, they do. But you know, the, the, these new lenders have the ability to start eliminating all of that. That's the first thing that we're going to see. Um, but it, you know, when it comes down to getting a mortgage, it's all about your basics. The job, I, I always do this income assets, property, and then miscellaneous. So if you can follow those kind of four things right there, they're still going to need to verify those, those items. I mean, but, but you are right. Everything is getting easier. Not as quite as what it was like in 2017. I'm sorry, 2007. Uh, they estimate that even if guidelines loosened, by two times, it would still be worse than it was back in 2007. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think it is mortgage accessibility index. We're like at 120. They estimate, and they, they didn't start this till after the crash, but back in 2007, they estimated it was 800. So we're well off of where we were back then. And, and it has to do with you know, the risk that the lenders want to take and the, the default rates and then the risk that the borrowers want to take. And so they have these formulas. Right now, there's very little risk with the borrowers, very little risk that the lenders are taking. And that's one of the reasons why we're able to sell these loans at such good rates on the mortgage-backed security market. And that's why rates are low. So tight just- guidelines mean low rates. Wells Fargo just reported, they said, we're lending to autos less because they're riskier loans at this mm-hmm. point in time. And Wells Fargo is trying to do what they can to not uh, put any more risk in their portfolios at this point in time because they want to earn billions again after they've had, obviously, a lot of problems. Yeah. Huge difference between buying a car and buying a house. But um, yeah, it, it is risky, a lot riskier. You know, they have about a 4% default rate that they that is acceptable for when you buy a car. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's they, all math. They've, they've all they've 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 mapped that into their you know what kills return. Me? People buy extended warranties on cars. That kills me. The odds of you crashing your car, totaling your car, and never using that are high. Take the money that you're going to put into extended warranty, put it in a savings account. Don't spend it. It's typically about three thousand to four thousand dollars that they charge. Just put it aside, and then when your transmission goes, you got three to four thousand. And if you if it's five years later, you may have six seven thousand. People buy extended warranties. The only thing I buy an extended warranty on are laptops because when you, those drop and break, you kind of need them. But also, I put all my laptops on my American Express because that gives me two years of, of coverage instead of the typical one. So um, a lot of people buy a lot of things that they shouldn't. Let's talk about rental properties ever so quickly because we don't have a lot of time. It's Tony Mendez, com. There's good markets for rentals. and There's bad markets for rentals. And I think being near a college is always going to be a better market. Or rental. What are your thoughts, real quick? I think people make more mistakes on buying the wrong property, no matter what market they're in. And 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 if you choose the wrong market and you're making the bad decisions or the wrong decisions, then it just gets even worse. Uh, I think buying real estate in the United States is not just everything's going up. It, you have to be very selective. Like if I were to buy a rental in Arizona. I'm going to choose Phoenix over Scottsdale because Phoenix has a lot more people. They've right. got a bigger university. They've got a They're bigger pumping hospital. out more high-paying jobs and so on. And, and I don't it, even like yeah. Arizona. <laughs> but you get the idea. It's Tony Mendez. If you need a loan, he can help you, whether it be for a rental, whether it be for a second home, whether it be for your primary home, whether it be for an apartment for your kid while they're in college for four or five years. Check them out at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. I, myself, am going to be doing a seminar coming up in Los Gatos. You can sign up. It's in November. It's the last one of the year. You can meet me, me, Tony, and CFP Chad Burton. Sign up at um, Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.